us to ride it. She's trying to hide it. I'm cool as ever. She's too excited. Her man looks like... We put it on the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy Twitter poll. Where are you on the Seinfeld scale of concern with the Milwaukee Bucks? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, I'm stressed. I'm freaking out. And when Chu weighed in this morning, he talked about this Doc Rivers sound from Sirius NBA. So before we get too far down the rabbit hole here, I want to get to that sound. Doc Rivers talking about the Bucks' decision to make a change at the coaching position midseason. Here it is. Personally, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, I think you... I don't understand why you're doing this, you know. Um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now. And um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't, I, that was, that's where you had the hesitation. To me, that's the equivalent of a player talking to the press before, say, a football game, be it a quarterback, and saying, you know, my shoulder's real bad. I might play bad, but I'm going to play anyways. People don't care. Fans don't care. It is what it is. The Bucks made this decision organizationally. I, I, I don't want the excuse. Is that? Am I reading this wrong? Is he trying to build in an excuse in case things don't go well? I don't think. I don't think that's what he's doing. Maybe that's that is what he's doing too, but I hear someone who is trying to make it clear that he had nothing to do with the firing of the previous coach because the reports were out there that he was a consultant and the Bucks ownership had reached out to him and you know going back to Vegas when they were doing the play in tur- or the the in season tournament and doing all those things that oh Doc's now the consultant so people were then trying to connect the Docs of oh. So they brought in Doc as a consultant. He probably pushed out Adrian Griffin, and he's trying to say, no, 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 I didn't push him out. I had nothing to do with that. They came to me. I said, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Hold on. Truth serum. I'm putting you on the spot, admittedly. Do you believe that Doc Rivers was consulting the Milwaukee Bucks or was not consulting the Milwaukee Bucks? I think he was. He was consulting Adrian Griffin. But he said he wasn't. I understand. No, this is where I'm trying to set a baseline here. Yes. Trying to set a baseline of. Yes. Doc, I don't know if I can trust what you say across the board right yeah. now. Okay, because there was a report out there that you were consulting the Bucks, but then you were adamant that you weren't consulting the Bucks. Now when you get in front of a microphone, you say, I I don't think they should have done it. I told them that they shouldn't have done it. If you're questioning the judgment of the brass to make the change at the coaching position, should we then question the judgment of the brass for putting you in charge? Like, I feel like it's a real slippery slope here that Doc Rivers is opening himself up to a lot more criticism than we need to be dealing with as fans of the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, zip it. Stop. Uh, I agree. Just coach the team. Get more wins. Make them better. Figure it out. Those right now, to me, are the bullet points for what I want from Doc Rivers. That's it. I don't really want to hear any more of this stuff. Even the Cabo thing, Chu, I know that you had uh, had referenced it earlier in the show as well. I understand he's trying to hold guys accountable. I think the way this team is structured right now, you got to do that internally. Yes, I agree. I don't think you can be doing that in front of the media. I don't think you can be accusing guys of not being mentally there in the game against Memphis headed into the All-Star break. Gabe, I can tell that you disagree. Well, but if he's already tried that, don't you then have to go to the next thing? Like, if you've already tried over the last previous nine games to hold guys accountable internally and nothing's happening, don't you then have to try to do it externally? 
That's last resort, though. Right? Was he at that point where it's last resort? I mean, I'm, well, I, hope, I, I certainly hope not. I, I just go to the school of Holmgren where he didn't call players out. If players called another player out or a coach, he dealt with it immediately. I just don't like maybe as a last resort do that. But in regards to Adrian Griffin, I don't even see that as a narrative because all you had to do was turn on the television and say, this guy stinks. And then talk to the players and say, this guy doesn't have a clue. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's really all you had to do. I mean, there. I mean, if you want to talk about that, Chew, there are, there are some damning quotes in the piece that Eric Name has up at the Athletic right now, just talking to Giannis about like how Giannis is like, oh, I don't have to worry about the coaching staff being prepared anymore. <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> like that's. Like, like that was clearly something that he was concerned about, and now, oh, now the doc's here, and he lists off the coaching staff and how much he likes the assistance they brought in, but that's something he doesn't have to worry about anymore. Which goes back to the conversation we were having earlier this morning about Giannis's leadership and what is required from him. Do we believe across the board, universally, your best player has to be your leader? Is that how sports is across the board, Shoe, or are there exceptions um, to that rule? There's exceptions, because Brett... Brett wasn't a vocal leader. I mean, he became more vocal the older he got. But in his heyday in the 90s, Brett wasn't saying crap before a game. He may say it in the huddle, but not at, to the team as a whole. What about the I mean, week during practice? Nothing. I mean, no, it was just the offense. It was just, and not even the offense, it was the core guys. You know, the guys that – so you're probably looking at, you know, you got Levin on the field, maybe another six guys, seven guys that play. So it's really only 18 guys that Brett's like, all right, here we go. we got to do our part. Very rarely – I mean, I don't even remember him getting up in front of the team. It just wasn't his deal. Now, Reggie, Reggie was that guy, but Reggie took it at times just too far. Like, well, do we really need another team meeting? Was – was Reggie the leader of the defense, or was that somebody else? Reggie was the leader of the team. Okay. Reggie was the leader of the team. So, I mean, and we all seen clips of him, uh, you know, before we take the field or go in the locker room for the last time. He was the guy giving the speech. Because I think when you get to that level, young guys might need the rah-rah, but certainly veterans don't. You know, if you can't get yourself ready to play and stuff like that, then... Well, and I actually think, too, there's a misconception amongst a lot of fans of what leadership looks like at the elite level. I think that there is a misconception that it is some guy stepping in front of the locker room being like, okay, guys, we got a big game tonight. You need to be it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what we're talking about with leadership. Sometimes leadership at the elite level is simply going about your business in an elite way and expecting guys to follow your example, right? Yeah, Brett's leadership was... Uh, walking into the building on Friday on crutches and then coming out with his ankle taped and his his outer shoe spatted up and throwing for five touchdowns. That's his leadership. That's like, because then you sit there as a player and like, hmm, probably shouldn't be sitting out with a sprained ankle. You know? I mean, I, I tell you, I, I played a number of games where I probably shouldn't, not not from an injury standpoint, but pr- the standpoint where the backup would have probably been more effective than I was. But you're like, man, Brett's playing. I'm, I got to play. So how do the Bucks get to that point? Because, I mean, I, would, I, I don't know if Giannis has that 
makeup to be the Reggie. I don't know if he does or not. But it's clearly, to me, he's one of the hardest working dudes out there. Well, so use he's the out example there, of last season or two seasons ago, goodness gracious, goes by so quickly. But when he got injured in that game in the playoffs and did everything he could, right? We saw his leg bend backwards like a flamingo, did everything mm-hmm. he could to be back out there on the court in, what was it, three days, three games, two games? I uh, can't remember missed, the timeline now. Yeah, he, he missed, missed two couple. games. It was, I think, a total of five days between game six or between when he got hurt in game one of the like, finals. To me, that's Giannis's style of leadership. And again, yeah. this is from a peripheral standpoint. We're on the outside looking in, but that to me is how he leads. I don't know if he's the guy who's going up there. You know, Shaq was saying that they're too nice. Giannis is too nice and Dame are too nice. Yeah. So so I guess, is it as simple, Chu, you think, as a lack of leadership? Like somebody needs to be the person who, and again, what does it even look like? What does it even look like at this stage of the game? I, I think two things need to happen. I think first thing is they all need to get in a room together. I'm talking all the assistants and the players. And then off of that, they need to all get on the same page. And then off of that, you pull in Doc Rivers, Giannis, Dame, Lopez, and um, Chris. Chris. And then you sit them down and you say, look, you guys got to lead if you're not vocal. Um, but we have to all get on the same page. We're chasing the same goal. Um, the problem is a guy like Bobby, who probably is a vocal type guy, like back in the day, you're not buying into a special teams player that yells and screams, or not, not even like that, that tries to lead. has to come from your stud players, and it may be a little uncomfortable for them. But I think at this point in time, they, they just have to get up. And, and it's got to be fair. Like, if I'm Giannis or I'm Chris Middleton and I'm saying to Doc Rivers, why'd you say that? Tell us why you said the Cabo thing. Tell us why. Because I guarantee there's players on that team that don't know why. And I, they I, all, I, I they need know to have those, a heart-to-heart. Yeah, because here's the thing, Chu, and you talked about this with Ron, like early days, and the, obviously the Bucks are way past that. But, like, if, if there was somebody whose mind was on, in Cabo going into a bye week, like in 1993, yeah, Ron would have cut him, right? I, I, I so and, and you I, can't you can't do that with the Bucks now. But like if if that's one of the bench guys, if that is you know if that is a Bobby Portis, if that is a Pat Connaughton, yeah. to me, like you start switching up your rotations, you try to figure out different things. Hey, if your mind's not going to be here, we got other guys whose minds will be here, and, Gabe, and you try doing something like that in '92, my first year there, and we were still in the playoff hunt. We had to beat Minnesota. Uh, the last game of the year in Minnesota in order to make the playoffs while we lose. But two weeks prior to that, because we had the drive down, you know, you carpool down to the Hudson Center in December or January because it's so cold, there'd be guys' cars like, hey, I can't drive. My car's all packed up. What do you mean packed up? Well, I I packed up my apartment because when we lose, I want to get a jump and get the hell out of here. I'm like, what the hell is that? How are we going to win with these guys? And then it got to the point that it got back to us that Ron was sending, like, scouts out to see whose car was packed, you know, with two games left in the season. (laughs) And then those guys were gone. (laughs) Parking lot? Yeah. It's a different type of scouting. Yeah. Yeah. You're writing down license plate numbers, coming back, and go, here you go, Ron. But when chemistry is so important, as we have talked about it being for this Milwaukee Bucks team, and I don't think that that extends to every team, because I do think that winning oftentimes contributes to, quote, unquote, 
chemistry, right? When everybody's happy, nobody's got conflict and because you're winning, then it feels like, oh, we've got great chemistry. Chemistry is something different. But the Bucks have had it. We have talked about how that has contributed to their success, the role that that has played in the team winning. You're adding all these pieces. It's not just Doc Rivers. You add, uh, uh, you added Pat Beverly, right? And he's got to work his way into that locker room. Didn't I see that they added somebody yesterday too? Uh, Gallinari, yeah, Danilo Gallinari also adding like all of these things are supposed to help them get better defensively, obviously because that was the thing that was plaguing them as the beginning of the season goes on. But is it a little bit of a gamble that all of these people are just going to fall in line and fit? Like, right now, it feels like the biggest challenge is yeah. Dame was a one where he was. Dame's not the one now. He's still figuring out how to not be the one. But sometimes you want Dame to be the one. Because you had talked about, Gabe, some of the challenges the Bucks had had is who's going to have the ball in their hand late in these games? Who's well, going to have the ball it, in their hand in these? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a challenge. It's the Dame. ball goes to Dame. Again, you go back to the Eric Name piece over at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Giannis says it. End of the game. Like, this is, this is Dame's team. Yeah, because at the end of the game, the ball's going in his hands. That's the that's the sole reason that you brought Dame to Milwaukee, right? But as soon as you said that, my brain was like, "Is it? Yeah, is it? Like, is like, it? Let me, you know, let me like, ask. like I understand the point. I understand the point, and we all saw Giannis Antetokounmpo playing hot potato with the basketball at the end of the season last year. So we get it. He wants the ball in Dame's hands at the end of those games. I still think it's hard for them to figure out who is the guy. Yeah, and my point is this team, when you look at it, is so veteran. Should they still be looking for combinations? I mean, we were looking for combinations probably up until 94 with that team. And then outside of injury, we weren't bringing anyone in. Right? Are you talking about like the rotation at the end? Just like figuring it out. Yeah. I I don't know. It's like they're questioning themselves. Is is it because I mean this is the first time Giannis has had anyone even close to Dame? Like we all wanted Chris to be a Dame, he obviously is not and is getting older. But how do you delineate when it's Dame's team to end the game, but it's Giannis's team the rest of the time? And how does that work in a locker room? Like who do you defer to? Who steps ahead? And that's where again, and I don't think this is where I don't think it's championship or bust for the Bucks. It took Dwayne Wade and LeBron James a season to figure that out. When they first got together with the Miami Heat, kind of two, you know, kind of a similar situation where these are two guys who, in those late game situations, are used to having the ball in their hands. How do you figure it out? It took the Heat a year to figure that out. So I, I think it's fair to also give the Bucks a year to figure that out, and they could still have a lot of success in the postseason. But to me, if it took those two guys that long. You got to give, for whatever reason, Chew, I don't know why, but for whatever yeah. reason, it takes time for NBA superstars to figure out who gets the ball at the end, even though the answer, Miami eventually came to the obvious answer of, oh, you give it to LeBron. Yeah. And I think the Bucks are going to arrive at the obvious answer of, you give it to Dame. Because going back to the Memphis game, like that was a tight game, shouldn't have been, tight game down the stretch. The Bucks had four or five straight possessions where Dame didn't get a touch. Like, you couldn't even get the ball in his hands once. I also think it's unfair to expect a guy like Dame Lillard to just step on the court hot. you got to give guys a chance to warm up. And if he's not touching the ball, like you just said, on all of those possessions, then he's not getting into a rhythm. And a rhythm is where he is at his best. 
So, like, that's a huge part of it as well. Like, you can't just be the offense runs through Giannis, the offense runs through Giannis, the offense runs through Giannis, the offense. Oh, where it's late in the game or it's late in the half. Well, Dame, start doing what you do. Be like, I'm ice cold, yeah. guys. He's I'm, one for two. I'm you, ice you know, cold. You know what's perplexing to me is they have the formula because they've already won it. And I agree with, uh, did Barkley say it, that they're too nice? Shaq. Who was the Shaq. one person, Shaq said it, who was the one person on their championship team that wasn't nice? PJ. PJ. There you go. That solves your not nice problem. Well, but isn't Pat Beverly yeah, supposed to kind say, of be think, that guy? Yeah, I think Bev is, is supposed to be that guy down now for this team. And he's got to be that guy because that's what they need. He's got no option, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to have that dog in I, Yes, totally. From, from what I've seen early from him is Pat has bought in, which is a good sign. Well, he's as bought in as a, he was defending Doc against JJ. Yeah, he's like, a Doc guy, yeah. so he so, was immediately bought in. Maybe it ends up working. I don't know. What are you, are you panicking? I'm I'm stressed working my way to freaking out. Yeah, same. Uh, I think it's still too early to be fully freaking yeah. out just because it hasn't been enough time. But, and there's been added things to it, like you added Patrick Beverly to rotation out of nowhere. Uh, but yeah, like, there there's enough here and there's enough smoke and it's smoke that Doc brought. Like, questioning and putting doubt in all of our minds, like, who does that serve other it, than Doc? I don't really get it. Yeah. And look how quick it can flip. And just go, just go. FYI, he could have very easily just called Adrian Griffin if that was the whole thing. Like, who cares what the narrative is out there? Again, it will all disappear if the team wins. If you think Adrian Griffin thinks that you got him ousted because you were consulting the squad, give him a call. Have that conversation. You don't need to go on a podcast to try to, like, clear the air. Make sure everybody knows that you thought it was a bad idea to move on from that guy. Because now I'm questioning everything. You want me to question the management and question the brass on that decision? Should I question the brass on the decision to have you as the head coach? Because I guarantee there are people out there who are starting to. But the, but the one positive of this all, we got evidence of it up north. Look at the Packers in week 9 or week 10 or whatever it was. And like, jeez, we're looking at the fifth pick in the draft. And then look at how quick it turned. So that's a positive there, and they have the ability to do that. That's why I'm with Josh. you got to give more time. Give more time. Are you ready to upgrade the concrete surfaces in your home? Let me tell you about Showtime Floors and Floor Shield. It's used by military bases, airports, businesses, and, of course, residential homes, too. And that's how it affects you, probably. Floor Shield is designed to beautify and protect concrete surfaces. So if you've got cracks in your garage floor or you're seeing uneven surfaces, when you pull in, are you going, oh, whoop? Well, there's a little bump there. You need to call my friends over at Showtime Floors and ask about Floor Shield. Enjoy a 15 year warranty, same day installation, and if you mention ESPN for free crack repair, and they'll give you 10% off. Get more information by visiting ShowtimeFloors.com. That's ShowtimeFloors.com.